Enthusiastic, enthusiastic. <clears throat> yep, this is Jonesy's jukebox, live from the Viper Room with the Colt and Sir Paul Thomas Cook. How did you become a, a Sir Paul? That's what I want to know. And I didn't. Who'd you pay? Who'd you pay? Somebody asked me that. I just made it up, actually. Yeah. And people believe you. It's, I think you can become a surdo, right? If you pay, no, or is it a knighthood? You can you can buy a, a, a lordship thing. or something like that if you want, if you've got enough money. But. A knighthood is a sir so, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So but, we're day to day, right, guys? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. From where we come from. Indeed. Yep. Probably yeah. no one understands what I don't even understand it. But the Brexit, you know what Brexit is. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that, that happened today in England. So England are out of the... Uh, Britain. Out of a, Britain. United Kingdom. United Kingdom. Yeah. Of Northern yeah. Ireland and are Wales. You, do you know more about it? Very little more. Not really. Not much. <laughs> when I think to, I missed, but Mr. Cook says, what is it? That not, Britain's no longer now uh, has to abide by laws passed in Europe. Yeah, we're not tied to the bureaucracy of, of, the, of the European Union anymore. Basically, that's they don't make it. They don't. They won't make our laws. They won't tell us what to do. Trade, trade tariff, all that sort of stuff. We're free, free of all that. But we still love them. You know what I mean? We're still, we're still Europeans. Well, you're you're the only one out of three of us here who, who still live there, right? Yeah. So it affects you more than. Yeah, it will do. All the travel and stuff like that's going to be a pain. I think for bands as well. For bands touring from the UK, going to Europe, mm. going through passport controls. There's no free borders anymore. You can't... In Europe, you're free to travel wherever you want. That's not the case with the UK anymore. Yeah. It's like putting the barriers up a little bit, which is sad. Very interesting. Oh, we're getting all yeah. political on Jonesy's Oh, yeah, it's heavy. No, I, I, I couldn't give a toss, really. But the fact that it's, it's happening today yeah. is, is weird. They've been trying to do this for... They keep putting it off, putting yeah. it off. It's happening today, definitely, yeah. yeah. One way, we'll survive, one way or another, you know, we'll survive. There'll always be an England. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, it's John Lydon's birthday today. Yeah, Johnny Lydon's... We give him a little sing-along at the end. Um, <coughs> 64 he is when today. When I'm 64, are you going to play that? Well, no. No. <laughs> the, the Beatles one. Do you play Beatles yeah. on your show? Now and again. I'm more of a Stones, yeah. play Rolling Stones. White Beatles. album? No. Yeah. I mean, I like, don't get me wrong, I like the Beatles, but as far as playing... DJ, no. I rather play the uh, Stones. I okay. find that more satisfying. Are you? Are you a big sexy? Yeah. Are you a big uh, Beatles fan? Both, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Both Stones and Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I grew up in Merseyside, so I kind of grew up around it. In Liverpool. The madness. Yeah. Was that still going on when you when you was a kid? Yeah, pretty much the time that I lived in that area. I was going between Glasgow and. 
Birkenhead, which is across the river yeah. from Liverpool. And we used to go to Liverpool two, three times a week. My dad worked in Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> when they was wearing suits and stuff? Yeah. Like, I was born in 62, so that's okay. the year they kind of broke. Yeah. And then when John Lennon got shot, I was in a pub called, I think it was The Grapes, right next to the, the Cavern on Matthew Street. We were sitting there, a lot of punks sitting there. Some old fella come in and said, you know, Lennon's been shot in New York. We're like, what? We were like all cynical punks. We're like, whatever. Oh, good job. But then the whole city came down to this, yeah. you know, to Matthew Street where the cabin was. Yeah. We were sitting in this pub. Literally tens of thousands of people. It was just incredible. Yeah. Outpouring of emotion. That, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I didn't have far to come, Steve. You didn't? I didn't have far to travel. You are actually the closest one. I thought I, I was close. I am the closest member. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm closer than you, actually. Technically, actually, yes, you are. Actually, I stand corrected. Actually, right now. I sit corrected. You're right, Mr. Paul Thomas Cook. It was a trek. Wasn't all that uh, Mersey beat uh, massive in the States when they first came? The out? Beatles? No, just the Mersey beat in general. Oh, Jerry Costa Mersey, Freddie and the Dreamers. Yeah, all that stuff. Wasn't that massive? Ken Dodds, Diddy Man. <laughs> Dodd. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really It was a thing, that, huh? but it's like, it's like all things. It's like grunge, all blokes from Seattle. You know, it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying, I do, don't you? I get you. It's in the water. Even it's though you're not saying it, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. What was we talking about? The Beatles. Yeah. How, go on, name Brexit me five, to the Beatles. Name me five bands that were from Liverpool back in the day. Back in the day. Back when the beat, when it was a thing. Well, you got Jerry, Jerry and the Pacemakers. And the pacemakers the searchers. The searchers. Were they, look, were they no, from Liverpool? Scottish, right? Manchester, um, maybe. They were, weren't they? See, look, you've already played. It's like Rory Storm. What was Sil the one that Ringo was Silla in? Black. Silla Black. Silla Black. Swinging blue jeans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah. Hollies. Were the Hollies from no. Manchester? No, Manchester. You, you're just saying any Manchester's band. only band of the it's, era. It's the, same, it's the same ballpark. Well, that was, that, that was the English invasion. Yeah. The English that was any band from England. It wasn't necessarily from Liverpool. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, did you like the Beatles? Me? Yeah. Clearly not, or he wouldn't made it in the Sex oh, Pistols, yeah. would he? Not really. I do now. I like them a lot more. It's me too. As I, as I get older, I like them. I appreciate them a lot more. Especially Ringo, the drumming talents of Ringo. Very underrated. He is. He's yeah. a good drummer. Yeah. I, um... Well, in the punk days, I, I, I thought it was like proper etiquette to say you didn't like the Beatles. Yeah, that was our calling card, weren't it? We hate the Beatles. We yeah. hate the Beatles. Yeah, but it's... Yeah. Young well, you men. Know, great band. Of course they are. They're okay. Or were. They're okay. No, they're good. I'm kidding. Listen, we're going to play a song. It's called Get Ready by Steve Jones from an album Ian co-produced. Yes. And Mr. Duffy is playing the lead guitar on it. This was an album called Fire and Gasoline that I released in uh, AE9. Somewhere around there. Yeah. It's not very Beatle-y, right. is it, really? There's no Beatle There's chords. There's not really any Beatles content in it, this album at all, really, is there? No, it's just bush, bash, bish, bash. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good, let's, let's play it. We're here with the Colt and Sir Paul Thomas Cook. We're at Live at the Viper Room, Jonesy's Jukebox. Take it away. <laughs>
I want to ask the audience a question. You ready for a question? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think it's weird we're just sitting here and you're all like staring at us? Yeah. <laughs> and really not doing anything. We're not even jamming. I think people might get the misconception that we're, because we're at the Viper Room, not interrupting you, are we over there? Okay, good. Because, you know, it's very important. <clears throat> You know, we're on a stage at the Viper Room and I think some people might think that we're playing here, but it's we're just basically doing Jonesy's jukebox from, from here for now. Well, I, maybe, I just, I'm just confused. Maybe you should. Maybe you should do a little. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that? Did you see that look? It's <laughs> just giving you a dead, I don't mean dead now. look there. I don't mean now. <laughs> In the future. In the future. At some point in to the be future. determined. Yeah. Get yeah. the banjo out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't no, I think that's a good idea. Well I did it with Fred Armiston. He was on here and we had a little little jam. Yeah. He's keen, isn't he? He's great. He don't mind, he's just that he likes He has uh, that keenness of a non professional musician. He's great. <laughs> he's actually he's actually a good drummer. Fred. Didn't you do he's something great, with him in England? No, I was on the show. About 18 months ago. Oh, me, you and shows. Billy at the, yeah. at the, um, yeah, with him, the yeah. guitar centre. He's a good drummer, not a very good comedian. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> oh. oh! Chance is a fine oh. thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> now what? Ah, that's it. Is that it? I'm out, I'm out of... Uh, out of ideas. Out of ideas. So that track, <laughs> that last song was from your last album. Yep. And, uh, deeply Ordered Chaos. Deeply Ordered Chaos, from, which is from very... Hidden City. <clears throat> Hidden City. Hidden City. Is the name of the, the album. album. Yes. Thank you. And uh, it very uh, fits in with all the title that. title came off a um, Tevez shirt. Football oh, yeah? player. Yeah, it's a long the, story. The boxer? Well, boy, but no, the footballer. Tevez. Oh, yeah. for, for Liverpool? No, from, he played for Manchester City. That's what I said, Manchester for, City. Played for Boca Juniors. <laughs> They may be going back he, to the He went and he kind of disappeared, Tevis. Now he's with some two Bob team, right? Boca no, Juniors. No, he's playing with Boca Juniors in, in uh, Buenos Aires. Oh, in that case. Because he is Argentinian, right? That's correct. He went home. Well done. Thank you. Is he still playing? <laughs> There's nothing like that done doing we'll your own work. And yeah. it didn't take long to get to football, did it? That's okay. It's <laughs> okay. okay. It's all right. We love football. Yeah. Soccer. Are you an Soccer. LAFC fan? Then we're going we're gonna to really... Boring to death. Uh, now. Have you seen LAFC yet? You've been to the ground. The new one. Yeah. No. It's incredible atmosphere. It's amazing. Is it? Is it brand new? Uh, it's the third season. And it's about thirty thousand. Uh, Twenty-two thousand. So it's about and the same the first, as the depot place. No. Well, yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. yeah. But it's an incredible atmosphere. Are you? Uh, are you supporting that team? Yeah. LA. Uh, yeah. What's their kit like? LAFC, black, black. and gold. Okay, so it's black. pretty yeah, cool. Great kit. Will Farrell's one of the owners. Yeah. Yeah. And are they, uh, it's got to be warm, hasn't it? What do you mean? A black football kit. Well. Absorbing all the heat. If you're trying to be an athlete and get the competitive edge. Yeah, but refs always used to be in black. Yeah. No, so they were. They run about, but I don't think Yellow. they run about I think they do more running than anyone, don't they, refs? Referees? No. no. These guys are running like 10, 12K a game. Oh, I thought they were yeah. like doing a lot of the running. No. Not as much. Slimming colour black. So you're, you're a Man City fan. I'm a Man City fan, yep. Ian? Everton. Everton. Yeah. And me and Mr. Paul Thomas Cook are uh, Chelsea fans. Correct. Right. See? 
Yeah. Nothing. Means totally nothing. Disinterest. Means absolutely nothing. To, let's get back to music. Yeah, segway. Got a yeah. segue back to music. Yeah. Ah, so what strings do you use, Billy? I use I use ones made of metal. Metal ones? Metal ones, all the time. I yeah. like the elastic band ones. Yeah, did you? Of good. I use free ones. <laughs> free Ernie ones. Ball, right? Ernie Ball would be very good to me, actually. California company, very nice, great strings. I've been oh, using them for years too. Yep, never never found a reason to change. Use the same guitar pick as well. Yeah, the Urco. The Urco. Johnny Thunders gave it to me. Yeah. True story. I've been playing them forever as well. They they you you kind of hooked me up with the Dunlop guy, right? I think I did. Yeah, they own Urco now. How many is, is that true? Johnny Thunders right gave along. me a pick. Johnny yes. Thunders gave me a guitar pick in Manchester. Oh. A gig. He was on a phone. I don't know what he could have been doing. No, on a I wonder phone. what he was doing on the phone in Manchester. In the lobby of Manchester, he's still there. The venue still exists. It's called the Academy. Yeah. We played there, that, okay. and it's in the uni. And I was a little punk, and I went there, and I saw him, and I was like, I couldn't believe this creature. You know, I grew up on like an estate, council estate in Manchester, and I saw this like creature, Johnny Thunders from wherever he was in New York. And was that that wasn't? I that, approached him. That was after the Anarchy tour and all that. Yeah, it was after the this Anarchy like tour. They, I tell you the bill. <laughs> The models with Marco Peroni were on first, yeah. Susie and the Banshees second, yeah. and then Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers were the headliner. Yeah. And he gave me, he, went, he didn't speak, no words were exchanged. I just gave him that puppy dog look of acknowledge me. And I was probably 17 at the time, 16, 16 I think. And he reached in his pocket of his 501 Levi's, which you couldn't buy in England at the time, I might point out just for you trivia nuts. Pulled out a guitar pick and he gave it to me and went back to doing whatever he might have been doing on a payphone, um, arranging something, probably his holidays. And uh, off I went, happy as Larry, and That's I still used the same guitar. So you were actually ordained by Johnny Thunders? Yeah. We might have touched fingertips. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and that was it. I used the same guitar pick as that now. And, Amazing. And, and I, yeah, I don't really change up much. I was a bit closer to him. I shared needles with him. Yes. What were you? I've just been. I've just been seriously one-upped. I was just going to say we've got a rather different experience. Yeah. Hanging, well, you know, of hanging yeah. out with Johnny Thunders. <laughs> yes. and give, he did. Are you talking about knitting needles? Yes. You used to knit together. Yes. <laughs> and they went to the gun knit, range together club. and practiced firearms yeah. accuracy. We used to sit around talking about soccer with him all night. Yes, I really? bet. Was he into football? No, no. Well, you're just being now. All right, tell us about yeah. the thing where there was that rivalry between Johnny Thunders and the Sex Pistols, and you wrote a song called New York, and he wrote a song called London Boys. Yeah, which me and Paul voice. play played. You on played the on the song, but he was having a go at what? That always confused me. I a think bit. he was having a go at John. It was, because what, because I, the lyrics to New York was having a go at. Yeah. Not that was it the Dolls? I guess it was. Yeah. It was the dolls, because at the time, what, where that came from is that right. Malcolm, when he was looking after us, he went to New York to right. look after the New York dolls. Yep. And John, I don't know whether he got jealous or whatever, he just thought he'd write a song about, I thought John liked the New York dolls, but yeah. it's obviously a scathing attack on them. Oh, and, um, okay. and then when we was playing with Johnny Thunders. When he was doing his solo album. He was doing a solo album, and he wrote a song called London Boys, attacking us, right. and whatever, and... The irony of it is that we were playing on it as well, you know, and he was kind of having a go at us in the studio while we Splendid while we album, ladies and gentlemen, so alone. I recommend it if you ever yeah. sing a record store. But where is he now? Brown, in, in Brown Bread, isn't he? He's in heaven. Right. We're going to play a song called... Uh, 
Boys Keep Swinging by David Bowie. Ooh. We're here with Ian Ashby, Billy Duffy. Excellent oh. choice. Sir Paul Thomas Cook. Live at the Viper Room with a lovely bunch of punters in the audience. Take it away. How are you? You having a good time? Yeah. Don't you hate that when guys in bands say that from the stage? You having a good time? You feel all right. You feel all right. You feel all right. You ready for some rock tonight? That's your go-to, isn't it? That's my go-to. That's standard. Is it like there's a list, right? Yeah, there is. What singers? What do you say? What's your say? I say, are you feeling all right? Oh, actually, no, I'm not. No, I want my money back. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, we're all right. Um, so that was a uh, love removal machine. Yes, from the album Love. No, electric. That's what I say, yeah. man. Electric. Anyway, anyhow, did you have fun doing that album? That was like a transition for you guys. It felt like to me you both moved. I, I to think that was a fun. Move to LA. No, New York. Well, we did it. We did it twice. Did it twice. Electric, yeah. Pray tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. It's okay. Uh, we started. Well, we, we, we went back in with Steve Brown. Yeah. And we were at a studio called The Manor in Oxfordshire. Yeah, which yeah. Is Richard Branson's. I think it was his house, right? Was it his house? Yeah, the studio there. We went like there, a sixteenth-century house. It's an amazing house, and um, great studio with Steve Brown. I get going. Billy work all day, and then I'd get in about five. I'd start. I'd just roll in. Billy, you know, off. I clocked off. He had the early shift. I come in the late shift, and then. Uh, but I spent most of my time running around the, the grounds looking for mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. Way more Porcupines. Way more interested in, in the activities that were available. There was a pond, with a rowboat. You got to understand, like we yeah. really didn't at that point have a tremendous deal of money and we were both from fairly working class backgrounds. Oh, yeah. So you put us in a country house in Big the middle state. of England with, with a, a chef. With a complete stocked wine, wine cellar. cellar beer, wine, <coughs> Do you know what I mean? It spirits, was just that everything. typical like, thing yeah. that you would imagine happened with a band who had all those distractions. And Did you feel weird being in a country, being city boys? It was a bit, yeah, it felt a bit strange, we went, especially what? being in that kind of opulent yeah, you know, environment. Didn't, I, when we went there, I didn't know what. Well, I, well, I was a mess. Oh, but, you were yeah. causing chaos there, yeah. Yeah. Total chaos. We were trying to record. You was just you were out there. Yeah, I was on the phone a lot, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, like Johnny Thunders. Me and Johnny Thunders were arranging your furniture all and your holidays yeah. together. But I didn't like being out in the country because I I felt weird back then. I yeah. love it now. Yeah. But back then, it's like I want to be in the city. Where I can work in magic. Yeah, just the know. energy, just the energy. Because we ended up <clears throat> going to New York, recording it with Rick Rubin, Electric Lady Studios. Yeah, that was a completely different. So was did situation. it ever get released? I the first version. Yes. It came out. Yeah, it came yeah. out as a kind of a fan. It was on a compilation box set thing, and it's been, it's been out now. So was it, it wasn't a piece it wasn't, or something. I don't know. It didn't sound like um, the big the transition. Sessions. Sorry. It didn't sound like it was more like a a, sh a short. Would you? Trying to rock it more like the Rick Rubin yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, two things. I think we hadn't really actually written the songs, and there was a lot of keenness from our management and the record company to get us in the studio quick to follow up on the 
somewhat surprising success of love because nobody really it wasn't like you know ordained that we were going to have a hit with she sells sanctuary that came a bit out of the blue and we went from being a underground if you will goth band whatever what, what were we positive <laughs> what, punk whatever whatever band we were <laughs> whatever we were being labeled as that week so we were kind of in national news because we had the hit with that and then we had a hit with Rain that you played earlier. Then we had another hit with the song Revolution. So all of a sudden, unlike some of our peer groups who'd maybe had one hit single, we'd had three on the bounce. And I'd, we'd only used four chords between all three songs, which was impressive. Yeah. And definitely not what the Beatles would do. Um, so I was proud of that. And so there was pressure to get us in the studio quick and we'd come off the road. I don't think we'd really written the songs. But being logical fellows, we went in with the same producer. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But we'd gone around America and toured and listened to a lot of rock radio and kind of absorbed and wanted to take the band in a more straight-ahead rock direction. We kind of just sensed that's where we were writing and the new songs were getting heavier. And the, the songs at the end of the Love album, like The Phoenix and Love, some of the more heavy songs were written at the end. That was like where we were going. And, and so the producer... Steve Brown, who's a great bloke, very talented and, and really very instrumental in, in Sanctuary being a hit, he kind of stayed where he was. So he wa- there was this juxtaposition of like us and our experiences of a band travelling and he was still going, well, I don't understand. So we, we made this hybrid album that was the songs were too long, it was all overblown. I, we were having a lot of fun doing it, but we bet wasted a lot of money. Even better, we went to the most expensive mixing studio in London to compound the most expensive recording studio. We went in and then we mixed it. And I knew we were in trouble when every time we played the music back, uh, the mixes, he turned up the volume to like excruciating death. So and you anything, know you're in trouble. Anything That's sounds good at that Anything volume. sounds good. I remember that thinking, oh, we're done here. So anyway, cut a long story short, Ian takes over and... We ended yeah. up with Rick Rubin in New, New York. York. So was it your idea to get Rick, Rick Rubin? I had um, Cookie Puss in a club in Toronto in like 85 or something. We were touring and I was like, what's this? I'm a DJ. So what is this record? He says, the Beastie Boys. So I tracked that down. I said, we should get recorded like this. It was totally stripped back, the energy of it. So it was really Beastie Boys that got us to Rick Rubin. And, and ACDC, because yeah. the whole song's an ACDC you know, yeah. riff. The assumption is it was like ACDC, right. but it was actually Beastie's yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. You know, they were just so raw and yeah. immediate, and um, I really loved their music. So, And Rick was great. Was Rick he was, good in there? And George, Rick, let's give George yeah, a shout-out. No, George Chikoulis was really instrumental George on that George well. was, was really, really involved in that. I know he's listening, so I'm giving him a big shout-out. Yeah, he's a Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. Can you believe that? He, he always, he always texts me when Chelsea's on, going, "Yeah, Chelsea, like he's a Chelsea supporter." Yeah, I don't know. He's Strange. fair weathers. Yeah, he's fair weathers. Yeah, but that's that's interesting because, like, was Rick really hands on back then? Because now you hear stories. He comes in for two minutes, he get and he leaves. Rick was in the studio every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, on an exercise bike. I remember seeing the video on on. Um, he was on MTV, was he? Yeah, the, the him and George showed up every day. I believe it was on the exercise first. bikes. George wasn't on exercise. We we <laughs> did eat a lot of we did eat a lot of pizza. A lot remember of pizza. That? Yeah, and then from the, the the pizza place that wouldn't deliver. Yeah, the one that's so good it doesn't deliver. Right, we had to go and get the pizza. We so don't need to deliver. They're that good. You come to us. But at pizza Some, when it was pizza time, the studio like dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Def Jam's entire oh, the Def Jam everybody crew used to just turn up, up and eat. you know, get fed and then leave. 
see Rick, see George, take off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing the video for Love Removal Machine. And I thought, yeah. wow, that's But it was great. a massively it was important like great. thing for us. That Well, that was a big decision we made too. Like we chose to make a certain kind of video and we knew we'd alienate a lot of fans in Britain, but we thought we might have to use a bit of the sledgehammer approach. It yeah. was a bit over the top. Do you know what I mean? From going from where we were. Well, that's what I mean. The transition it, it, we, seemed like... I think it, we needed to be not subtle at that point. I think... It worked. It kind of worked anyway. Totally worked. Because there's that whole scene then in LA of rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, which There was we, like a thing going on here. Uh, we, yeah, we, we've gotten kind of associated with that. But other than playing with Guns N' Roses, you know, that in 87... Mm when they came out on tour with us. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed hanging around on the street, yeah. but we never played with... We played with Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses. I mean, we were never in that... Met, to me, that metal scene, nobody wore no, spandex no. in the cold. Nobody had, like, <laughs> chains for their drums to hang off. And, I mean, it was a whole scene. I thought it was funny, but it wasn't something that we'd sort of associated with. It was more just circumstantial, really. Yeah. But you, uh, you loved it when you came to LA, right? You stayed here. Yeah, loved it. You, Ian? Yeah, totally. It was like London was getting difficult. Lifestyle yeah. choices. It was getting dark. It was, it was getting heavy in London, so yeah. had to get out of London. We came here for for a break in what '88 for a holiday. Yeah, stay for two weeks and end up moving on to Larrabee Street, right next to the just down the street from the Viper Room. Right, it was our first kind of where we, our first apartments oh, were on the street. Yeah. Didn't we write Edie there? Yeah, Edie I was think we wrote there. Edie a stone's throw. Yeah. Many things happened to stone's throw from this building, but e writing Edie was one of them. But I it believe. was incredible in Hollywood that time because there was still a lot of folks around from the sixties that you could access, you know, hang out with, ask questions. People like Timothy Leary, you'd bump into him out somewhere, you know, like the whole Doors contingent. Yeah, and that was fascinating to us, wasn't it? It was, was appealing Arthur as well. Lee it was wasn't so much the metal thing. Yeah, it was that. It was like Danny more like Sugar the Laurel, and yeah, more like Laurel Canyon scene. Yeah, are we uh, are we knocking it on the head soon? Well, no. I wanted to play this at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna you, we're gonna do you a can't little. Follow that song. What were you saying about the bass line? So that last the Bowie song. Oh, the Bowie song. song. Yeah, John and change dancing. whatever song it is. You were gonna say yeah. something. Um, boys keep swinging. Yeah. There was a, I don't know who the drummer and the bass player was, but they switched. The bass oh, player played oh, yeah. the drums okay. Interesting. and the drummer played the bass. Yeah. Now that you know that, and when you listen to the drums, you're like, that yeah. guy can't play drums. Yeah. Mm. You don't notice it unless you know that, which is really yeah, bizarre. That's what I used to do that, Bowie switched the musicians around, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, it was a thing. I guess they were getting yeah. stale in the studio. They're like, let's just switch, see what happens. Well, it's great bass playing. And it's a, a great, it's a great track. I love that song. What album's it on? Lodger. Lodger, is it? Well done, Paul. Think so? You're yeah, starter for be. 10. Yeah. 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 Paul Cook, University of Shepherd's Bush. You're, <laughs> You're starter for 10, Bamba. What other songs have we got? Well, we've got two more minutes. Then we're going to knock it on the head. So, flies by, you come it? here often, Billy? I used to. Not anymore. I don't here. get out much. Yeah, we still live in here. You, you got up with the neurotics, didn't you? Yeah. Here. Yeah, here. It's so did. funny, everyone. We yeah. both did. And Billy. Yeah, did not forget me, Steve. I was there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was there. I was there. Don't forget me. Did we play I'm a Just a guitar player. Us as the professionals, we, we done we? a one off when I was here, just impromptu. Yeah, we um, with two other guys, it was just me and you doing a professional set once. Yeah, just me and you, yeah. Well, no, two of 
Who are the other? Original, uh, your mates. We've got oh, Mike of... Dimkich? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who played with you guys? Uh, it's a yeah. small world. Did what's Fantasy 7 play here? What's Mike doing these days? I'm not what's sure. I think he may have played here. I don't remember. Mike's yeah. in Bad Religion. Fantasy 7 were Is amazing. He? Full-time amazing member. Have you guys got any uh, gigs coming up? What's the story? There's a normal question. Oh, well, we'll be doing some gigs this year. We're going to do when, as and when. I wouldn't, when they come up and they make sense, we're definitely going to do some shows. We haven't been to Europe, Brexit or not, on this Sonic Temple tour thing we're doing. So Europe's definitely going to feature in the summer. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to write some new songs, hopefully. Yeah. So it's going to be a bit of both. Yeah. 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 See if we can write yeah. one better yeah, than Deep the Ordered Chaos. Yeah. You're going to go right after you've been here and start writing. Go we'll start, yeah. yeah, yeah. Down the, we'll go yeah. down into that building again. <laughs> so uh, we're going to knock it on the head soon. Thanks for coming in, fellas. Thanks for having us. Always pleasure. pleasure. Ian, I always like to point this out. He was my first guest when I first started doing radio on a little station called Indy 1031. Oh. And, and he was oh. Ian was my first guest that's true and it was very great that he showed up for me because I didn't know what I was doing yeah and you didn't you definitely didn't know what you were doing because I remember <laughs> it was like it was your fourth I think it was like your fourth show and you're on the mic chewing gum so yeah like, I didn't realise how annoying you that might want to not do that uh, yeah but yeah. now you've got it down you yeah you, no gum you own it I've got you it you own it baby hey everybody yeah. Radio. You're an institution. An institution. Yes. Let's uh let's uh give uh, John Lydon a, a happy birthday song. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Johnny. Happy birthday, John Lydon. Okay, John Lydon. Happy birthday to you. Ooh. See you next week. I am them.